Get ready for the greatest roast of all time. The Roast of Tom Brady. A Netflix live event happening May 5th. Hosted by Kevin Hart, the seven-time world champion gets his cleats held to the fire by famous friends and frenemies on an unforgettable night where everything is fair game. Tune in on May 5th at 5 p.m. Pacific time for The Roast of Tom Brady, live only on Netflix. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Talking purple right now on the ride with Royce. Ben Gessling covers the Vikings. Here with Ben Gessling. Ben the Gessling trying to now. It's Viking Star Tribune beat writer Ben Gessling. Ben Gessling is with us. Last time I talked to you, you were heading out to uh, the Mall of America, which has been made the media center for uh, this Super Bowl. I wonder if we've ever had a, a media center that far away from uh, the location of the game. Yeah, I don't know. I mean, it, it is a little bit different in the sense that all of it is is not uh, anywhere near the game, or at least not right next door to the game like you would you would typically have it. But, uh, you know, it, from a workflow perspective, it's not bad. I mean, they, they basically have it set up where you come in there, and then both teams, of course, are staying in the hotels attached to the mall. So players kind of come to you fairly easily i mean it it really is not too tough to get from uh where you have to be to to where the players are and you know people that have have covered more super bowls than me talk a lot about you know the number of times where you're on a shuttle for half hour 40 minutes at a time to try to get to an availability and there's none of that here so it's a little different but uh the workflow of it is really a pretty slick setup once you arrive, you can just walk from one hotel to the other, and uh, everything uh, everything will be fine. Although downtown St. Paul tonight, uh, they've they've really made a bigger deal out of that thing than uh, it used to be, where people would just sit around and uh, you know every sports talk radio station in the country and and uh, the the websites when they were just getting started would uh, try to offend somebody with a stupid question. But now now they pay to watch you guys ask questions. <laughs> Yeah, far be it from the NFL to uh, find something they could monetize. I mean, it's uh, it's a classic NFL approach in terms of let's take something that is not that big and let's see how we can inflate it and, and find ways to to make more money out of it. So yeah, it'll be it'll be quite the spectacle tonight. It'll be interesting to see kind of who turns up for this because it is, as you know, it's it's a circus and uh, it'll be interesting to see. Uh, how Minnesotans uh, respond to that. It's really all of this stuff this week. It'll be interesting to see that just in the sense of, you know, you, not only uh, is their team out in the game, the team that just beat them and, and the fan base that, you know, waved their or rubbed their noses in it is, is going to come in here and, and possibly see the team win the Super Bowl. So very, very curious to see how Vikings fans uh, handle themselves and handle the whole spectacle of things. This hey, week. hey, Ben, have you checked the history of teams that lose conference title games? It's uh, it's not great, is it, as far as at least the NFC is concerned? As far as I getting mean, back I mean, to the next getting year? Getting back the next year, it's not. Uh, yeah. There's not yeah, a lot I, of returns. No, there aren't. And, 
in you know you have a, I think a couple of things there. Number one, it's just hard to get back to those things. I mean, the yeah. fact that the Patriots. I mean, the Super Bowls are one thing, but to me, the fact that they've been in the the title game eight or nine years in a row or whatever it is 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 as astounding as anything else. Just because it's hard to do. Yes. But there's also that thing of when you lose it, there's a bit of a a shock. There's a bit of a a uh, an emotional gut punch that you take when you lose whether it's that or the Super Bowl and, and I think uh that's certainly something the Vikings will have to deal with. You're gonna hear probably Mike Zimmer talk about how, you know, they lost the game and, and nobody believes in him. I'm sure those teams Oh yeah, oh he'll be, be uh he'll be big on that Mankato because uh uh it was two years ago, right, when he was telling us that or, or was it this year when he was telling us two years ago he was telling us nobody thought they had a chance, right, after they won the division. What? Yeah, no. there was there was some of that. Or this year it was it, it was kind of a combination of nobody believed that we had a chance, and then now everybody's picking us to go to the Super Bowl. And this year <laughs> we were certainly back to nobody believing in them. I mean, you know, we yeah. we are sort of a, a boogeyman to be uh, portrayed, however it suits his purposes that day. So you know, we're 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 here for you, Zim. However you however you need us, we are uh, here to provide the role that you want us to play. Pressure is on for Team Star Tribune to uh, have anybody come up with a better piece than uh, Dennis Anderson wrote on Bud Grant in Sunday's paper. <laughs> yeah, that was pretty darn good. And, uh, <laughs> I mean, you know, that was one of those, that when we put it on the budget, or we, you know, I saw it on the budget, it's like, okay, it's just, this is going to be a fun one. I mean, Dennis uh-huh. is great at what he does, and he's known Bud for a long time. And, and uh, as Mark Craig, the wise old owl, likes to say, that, you know, that those things are – it's a function of the access that you get. If you get great access, you're going to get a great story out of it. And he got great access going to Nebraska with Bud and, and uh, turned a, a pretty great piece out of it. We got you know a lot of good stuff coming this week. Yep. But that was a, a great way to kick off the week, certainly. That that is true. Uh, it, it's always uh, it's always interesting when you cover an event like this with uh, ten or twelve different people because uh, nobody knows who you know. There's not that many stories, but you got to make that many <laughs> stories. That's the problem. But it's uh, it is uh, it's going to be fun covering this thing. That's for sure. Now a uh, little snow on Sunday, Saturday, followed by oh twenty below wind chill on Sunday. Uh, those skyways are going to be in heavy use going to the game on Sunday, man. They are going to be in heavy use with people complaining about how the Super Bowl should never be here again. I'm sure. <laughs> yeah, it's, I'm sure. Uh, you know, it, I I think they'll the, the host committee I think is ready to go. I, I think they'll do a good job with the logistics of things as, as at least as much as you can. There's always challenges with a event like this, but this is going to come down to how much people have to put up with the weather. And I, I remember going to some of the early events when they were talking about this, and they said we hope it's in the in the mid to high 20s with light snow on game day. That was the ideal. Like, well, you're not going to get that. You're going everybody's going to get a taste of the cold biting minnesota winter that that uh is really a step or two worse i mean you know it's funny because you hear people from the east coast talking about well we have cold too we can deal with it it's like yeah. uh not really like this and you're about to see why <laughs> yeah so. ben gessley's with us from the star tribune so uh brady we talked a little for a minute uh, earlier today on the phone about uh, brady this is eighth super bowl in uh what 17 seasons that he's actually played or 16 yeah. seasons that he 16, got hurt the one year So he's gone to the Super Bowl half the time. But here's what differentiates him, to me, from Montana, from the rest of them, is who he's gotten there with. Yeah. I mean, there's, they were, you know, those those previous dynasties were 
always had super other superstars on the offense. And this guy's had Gronkowski half the time when he's not right. hurt. And then he's had a incredible variety of little white position receivers that he can throw to 12 times a game. But it's a, what is the most amazing about him is that he has done it with no matter who you put on the field with. Yeah, and and you you go back to those Montana teams, and and yes, they had to deal with the Giants every year, and yes, they had to deal with the Bears. But I mean, the system now is is built for those teams to get broken up. I mean, and you yes. look at, you know, the, just I remember doing this a few years ago, charting division winners, and and really until '93 when free agency hit, you had teams that dominated divisions for a decade at a time. And in the NFC Central back then, of course, it was the, the Packers in the 60s and the Vikings in the 70s and the Bears in the 80s. And it, you know, it's been a lot of the Packers since then. The quarterbacking certainly has a lot to do with that, but it's not as consistent every year and certainly is not that way across divisions across the league. It, I mean, you're not supposed to be able to do this anymore. And, and the fact that they've done it is a testament to him. It's a testament to their ability to to see when guys need to go and, and move on from them. I mean, they're, they're as, as ruthless with that as anybody you'll find. But, yeah, I mean, you think back to those those 49ers teams, the number of pro bowlers, the number of Hall of Famers, the number of guys that are borderline Hall of Famers on those teams, Montana, Rice, the offensive line. I mean, John Taylor was great, Brent Jones, Roger Craig, and Charles Haley, Ronnie Lott. I mean, and the names go on and on and on. And, and uh, to keep it, and you know, the fact that you got to keep a team like that together for seven, eight years at a time also doesn't happen anymore. So the fact that he's been there, you know, what, twice as much as Montana now and, and done it with this different cast of characters, yeah, I, I don't think there's any – as great as Montana was in Super Bowls, I don't think there's any comparison between the two resumes. Brady right. hasn't beat by a clear margin. Well, and you use the great term, broken up, because they have been broken up about four different times. <laughs> and, <laughs> yes, they have. And they They've keep coming back it. here. It's, yeah, it's uh, unbelievable. I, uh, boy, uh, how could you win games, though, against a team that has a better offensive line than you and a better defensive line than you? That'll be interesting again because the Eagles, the Eagles line play on both sides beat the hell out of the Vikings. Yep. And, uh, and the Vikings, at least on the defensive line, are better than the Patriots. So, uh, you know, somehow the Patriots are probably going to do it, but I don't know how. Yeah, I mean, it, it, it does kind of seem like it's a, you know, how are they going to get out of it this time kind of thing every time. I mean, it's a little bit like a, a James Bond movie where they keep coming up with new villains, but in the end, you know he's going to win. It, it's just it's just going to be a matter of how, and they, they get you thinking for a while that, oh, maybe this is finally going to be the one that, that gets him. But, uh, you know, I, I guess the one guy is Eli Manning that's been able to do it. But, you know, other than that, I mean, yeah, I, I think on paper the Eagles certainly have a chance. I mean, certainly if they had Carson Wentz, the chance would be even better. But, yeah, that defensive line is, is fantastic. Their offensive line, and they have a power running game, which I think is, you know, something that the, the Patriots will have to contend with. I mean, there's a lot of things on paper that you say, yeah, the Eagles match up well and they'll have a chance to win this game. But in the end, it just always seems like, you know, Brady comes up with the, the right formula to win it, and it, it's – it's going to be a fascinating matchup because the the Eagles, I think, have a better roster in every area but the quarterback, and and that's oftentimes where these games are decided. And it'll be interesting to see on Sunday if that's the case again. All right, sir. Thank you. Have a good week. You too. Thanks, Pat. We'll see you. All out right, there. Ben Gessling, uh, Star Tribune uh, a beat writer for the Vikings. We shall return. 
live here at the Sprint Store in Crystal. We will be here till about 6 o'clock, and you can come here and register for your chance to fly away with 1500 ESPN. A trip for two to Bristol is at stake right now. You can sign up at any participating Minnesota Sprint Store between right now and the store closing on February 9th. You've got to be 18 years of age or older and a resident of Minnesota or Wisconsin. Here's what the trip includes. It's very cool. It's round-trip airfare to Bristol, a one-night hotel stay. You're going to get three meals, transportation to and from the airport in Bristol and to the hotel and ESPN studios. You're going to get a personalized tour of the large, gigantic ESPN campus, and you're going to get the chance to sit in on a taping of Golick and Wingo, and you're going to get to meet the fellas and have the chance to voice your own promo. We're going to be here, like I said, till 6 o'clock today, and then on Wednesday, we're going to be at the Sprint Store over in West St. Paul, right on Robert Street. So come on down and sign up and get the chance to meet Golick and Wingo. Patrick. Yes, sir. Uh, Jason Day had to work hard yesterday. I watched a lot of the golf, and, boy, there was a lot of it to watch and a lot of dead time. I think uh, we think baseball has a time of game problem. Oh, golf is bad. Five, uh, uh, the day threesome was moving along fairly well. They were about two holes ahead of the leaders who were behind them. That was Norrin, uh, Ryan Palmer, and the interminably slow J.B. Holmes. They were two holes behind them. So day finishes up. He's Ted. And these guys, you got to wait another four. It took the last group uh, from somebody point, from 538 to 6.02 or 3 or something like wow. that uh, to play the last hole. That's ridiculous. Oh, it was, it was just unbelievable. Holmes took five minutes to hit a layup. He sat there and he grabbed six clubs and looked at it for an hour and a half and then he laid it up. And uh, anyway, because of this, then you get a playoff, and it starts off as a three-man playoff, ends up a uh, two-man playoff. At the end, they played two holes, but they just ran out of – they were playing in the dark, basically. Had to come back today. Played 18, I think, for the fourth time in – they played 18 for the fourth time in, like, the last – seven holes they played because they kept going back to 18 and early today they they teed off out there at eight o'clock in the morning norin uh, was trying to get home hit a good drive and was trying to get home hit it in the water uh it's a par five jason day uh laid up and then hit a uh, little wedge up there within a foot of the hole and that was it he wins he had not won since 2016 former he had a dreadful 2017 his mother was uh, sick, and he uh, he just he had the great year in 2016, and he just kind of went off the rails. And he's having a bad back problem uh, too. But uh, he uh, came out and uh, won this tournament. Uh, and uh, Mrs. Uh, Mrs. Day is still mm-hmm. uh, after her latest child is, sure. is still looking for good. Oh, I'm, I'm shocked. By and that. Alex Noren has an attractive young lady. No. Uh, seems to be a very enthused fan of him. <laughs> Golfers have a tendency to do awfully well. Do, do marry well. Yeah, they do. You know, and the thing, I, I actually tuned in a little bit because I love that golf course because yes. it's one of the most beautiful spots in the Torrey entire Pines, country. Right? Yeah, and, but, and it is a shame. Are they going to have to do something? Is golf going to have to step gonna up and have do to, something? They have speed up. They're just like baseball. They have speed up rules, but they don't enforce them. They got to, somebody should have walked right out 
to uh, J.B. Holmes and said, here, give me your bag. You're done. You're not playing. You know, yeah. that's enough. That's enough. They got to they got to rule like two minutes to hit a Cause shot. Does the golf fan because I, you know, I'm not oh, a, yeah. I'm not a diehard golf fan like you and Joe. But is the golf fan sitting at home getting agitated watching yes. this play out? Yes, especially at that point of the golf course, because these three guys finally hit their shots. Everybody else is done playing. So then you go to another commercial. Oh, God. you don't go back to see somebody else hit. Shots. Right. It was uh, it was brutal, but I'm glad I'm a big Jason Day fan for some reason. He just seems like a nice fella, kid that comes from a, you know a real rugged background in Australia, and uh, you know got sent off to reform school. Baby, you root for guys yeah. like that. Yeah. yeah. Okay. Anyway, Jason Day gets a win, so he's back in the picture here among the uh, greatest golfers in the world. We'll be back. We are at the Sprint Store in Crystal. They'll be open here till eight o'clock tonight, and uh, come out and check out the. Uh, the new uh, Sprint uh, cell phones and the like. Live from the Sprint store in Crystal, this is the Ride with Royce on 1500 ESPN. Oh, you know, uh, one of the downtown restaurants is kind of a casual place that uh, everybody likes when they go to Ike's. Oh, yeah. Ike's, right next to my guys at Murray's mm-hmm. and uh, Ocean Air's right oh, yeah. down. So they're kind of the mid-range price place in the middle, sure. right? Yeah. Everybody likes Ike's. Uh, Ike's apparently decided to get in on the Super Bowl bonanza. I saw this on Twitter and, and I was shocked. Uh, and uh, Dan DeBon of the Minneapolis St. Paul Business Journal received a uh, some some friend of his sent him a copy of Ike's Food and Cocktails Super Bowl menu, and uh, it is uh, rather interesting. For instance, a herb roasted half chicken. It's free range. You get goat cheese, mashed potatoes, Ooh, that buttered good. asparagus, uh, paired with a salad and Pinot Noir, $54. Now, I don't know if that's serving for one or if each one of them costs you, maybe service for two. Uh, but the big one that's getting them all kinds of hell Guacamole and chips for $36. That's insanity. And now, uh, first Ike sent out, Dear Ike's Food and Cocktail Friends, please accept our sincerest apology. We made a mistake. Guacamole and chips is priced at $12, not $36, as stated on our Super Bowl menu. Now, somebody else tweeted out, Need not to worry. The standard brunch, lunch, and dinner menus are available at Ike's at our regular prices. In addition to the Super Bowl special menu, which has larger, supersized options, I got a hunch when they got exposed, they decided the guac that it was a typo, right? Because you see the other prices here. 10-ounce filet of beef, blue cheese butter, fingerling potatoes, roasted Brussels sprouts, 10-ounce filet. That sounds good. A little wine with it, $117. See, and I, I get I it. I don't think that's a good uh, good, uh, good policy to uh, uh, try to take that much advantage of our visitors. Well, and I, I don't either. And I, I said the same thing about the parking that's going on downtown, yeah. which is which is highway robbery. Yeah, and I get you think people are going to like us now, or don't we care? We well, just I, I, I just I don't I don't get who you're trying to serve because, for instance, we're we're the most frugal bunch of people and, in America. And by the way, 
We don't have any visitors now. You're just ripping off fellow Minnesotans. Right, us. Maybe Thursday. Maybe by Thursday there'll be somebody in town. It is amazing, too, that they backtracked the way that they oh, did. Yeah. Because when the, I saw that on Twitter, whatever day it was over the weekend, yeah. and I thought, there's no way they're going to get away with this. No, and no. it was everywhere. Oh, yeah. Well, yeah, guac for uh, 36 bucks. I, I like a little guac. Oh, I love guacamole. I love a little guac. But, but uh, I ain't spending 36 bucks on it. For their other item of interest today, the Chief Wahoo will no longer be on the Indians' uniform in 2019, which means get out there and buy those <laughs> politically incorrect logos while you still can. They'll sell more merchandise this year than they have in the last five years That's combined. Right. All right, Brett Vegan is the offensive coordinator at Wyoming, uh, recruited Carson Wentz up at North Dakota State as the uh, offensive coordinator up there, and uh, now is uh, going to have Josh Allen in the draft this year, perhaps as the one or two pick out of Wyoming. We'll uh, talk to uh, Brent when we get back. Hey, The Ride with Royce here once again from the Sprint Store up in Crystal, and we are registering people for a fantastic trip all the way to Bristol, Connecticut. That's right. We're sending two people uh, to the ESPN campus, and you can sign up at any participating Minnesota Sprint Store between right now and store closing on February 9th. You do have to be 18 years of age or older and a resident of Minnesota or Wisconsin. And here's what the prize includes. You're going to get round-trip airfare to Bristol, a one-night hotel stay, three meals, transportation to and from the airport to the hotel to the ESPN studios. You're going to get a personalized tour of the ESPN campus and get to sit in on a taping of the Golick and Wingo show. And also you're going to get to meet the fellas and have the chance to voice a promo. We're going to be here until 6 o'clock. The store will be open here today until 9, the Sprint Store in Crystal, that is. And then again on Wednesday, we're going to be broadcasting live at the Sprint Store in West St. Paul, GL Sports Talk, and the Ride with Roy C. All three shows on Wednesday as well. So come on down and sign up and uh, get your chance to go visit that glorious campus over there in Bristol, Connecticut, Patrick. Uh, we expect to be joined shortly by Brent Vegan, the uh, offensive coordinator for Wyoming Cowboys. Josh Allen, who uh, distinguished himself in the Senior Bowl, yep. threw a couple of touchdown passes, uh, big numbers in the third quarter. I don't know. It's interesting. It's it's almost uh, uh, like the Wentz situation where people are a little, you know, they're kind of, I guess, yeah, Cleveland's kind of leaning towards Mayfield yeah. because of the record and everything, but he's six foot tall, uh, shorter guy, and doesn't, uh, has a few issues as far as character is concerned, perhaps. Uh, Josh Allen is, is uh, pretty much the uh, second coming of uh, Carson Wentz, big, strong kid. And you, you wonder, and too, out of nowhere. You, you wonder, know? too, how much of it, I mean, Carson Wentz, would, would he have been as successful had he gone to Cleveland? Or has Doug Peterson done so much with him? And is he, is mm-hmm. he in a perfect system for his skill set is, is one thing I've always wondered, too, because Wentz can play. There's no question about it. Yeah, he can. And it is uh, one of the uh, more interesting. Uh, one of the more interesting things. All right, uh, Brent Vegan is with us, the offensive quarter coordinator at Wyoming. How you doing, sir? I'm doing well. I'm doing real well. That is good. Uh, now, I was out there with the Wyomaniacs earlier this year, but unfortunately that was for the game Josh Allen was hurt against Fresno State. Uh, you had to be proud of the kid down there in the Senior Bowl this week. Yeah, you know what? Uh, it was a big week for him. Uh, obviously, there's there's enough doubters out there that every chance that he gets to get on a kind of that national stage, 
between uh, Senior Bowl, the Combine, and, and Pro Day, you know, he's got to pass those tests. And I, I think he, he came out of last, you know, this past week uh, passing the first one and, you know, next, uh, next stop at the Combine. What, uh, tell us about his skill set, sir. Well, a tremendous uh, size and, and athleticism for his size. That's, that's one of the first things that obviously is a, is a benchmark for, you know, the NFL and you know, colleges alike. But then, you know, his, um, his right arm is something else. You know, I, I think the, the good Lord has blessed him with one of the better arms in the country. And, you know, he's got real clean mechanics. And, and um, you know, so he's, he's able to make all the throws. Um, and, you know, I think he... He proved over the course of the week that his consistency is, is something that might need to be worked on, but it's certainly um, maybe better than a lot of people think. Uh, Brent, uh, we think of Cal. We look at California kids and we think, ah, well, they must have grown up in some hotshot program or something. He's a farm kid, right? Yeah, yeah, small town. Um, grew up on a farm. Uh, you know, knows the value of hard work. You know, in a lot of ways, where he's from is, is, is very similar to the Midwest. You know, we recruited a lot of kids like him from Minnesota, from North Dakota, from Wisconsin when we were at North Dakota State. And he, in a lot of ways, he's kind of cut out of the same cloth. Uh, and uh, tell me about this Juco he was at. Apparently, people had a hard time finding him. Reedley, is it? Reedley Junior? Re- yeah, Reedley, just south of Fresno. Yeah, it's, you know, there's there's an amazing amount of JUCOs out in California, and the ones that generally get the focus are the ones um, probably down in Southern California, and he just he happens to be, you know, just a little bit south of Fresno, not too far from where he grew up, and fortunately we uh, we were able to stumble upon him as we were out playing Fresno um, our first year at Wyoming. And how did you, uh, did you go see him on a Friday night, or did you hear about him, or what? You know, uh, we, our DB's coach, the night before we played Fresno, um, just did some local recruiting there in the Fresno area, and he stopped in, and the, you know, the coach there at Reedley said, hey, you guys should take a look. Are you looking for a quarterback first off? And, you know, our, our DB's coach said, yeah. And he said, well, this Josh Allen, you know, has really come along quite a bit, and, you know, he's, he's worth a look. So I got a call. I was still back in Laramie, and just to take a look and see if he'd be a guy that we'd be interested in. And I felt like watching his, his film, you know, his highlight film at that point was, was worth following up on. And over the next uh, several weeks, um, we got to know him. Uh, both Coach Bowl and myself made trips out to California to meet him and his family, and we brought him into Laramie. And you know, we were able to be one of those those few schools that knew about him, but the, the only school that got him on an official visit. And fortunately, we were able to sign him. And, you know, uh, he's done a lot for our program since then. What I've read is that uh, only Wyoming and Eastern Michigan offered him as uh, uh, FBS teams, and then why Eastern Michigan got mad when he visited you, and they pulled the offer. So uh, you were the only ones that had an offer on the table. Yeah, that's the way it worked out. You know, with the nature of the junior college signing day being that early date, um, he only his window to take visits was it turned out the way it worked it was literally to be one weekend and we got that weekend sewed up and i think eastern was was ticked off when he wouldn't switch to them and you know so yeah we ended up being the the only man standing and um it certainly uh it certainly was a big deal for our our program and i think he could identify with you know with wyoming with laramie because of his uh small town california roots uh, I got to say, I was out there in 2014, and uh, uh, I think it was the Boise State game, and you guys, you guys were starting from the bottom uh, there. That was uh, 
Uh, that was a harder pull than you had to make at North Dakota State, I would think, huh? Yeah, yeah, and, and it was a it was a complete turnover systems culture, all that stuff, um, the way we recruit. So yeah, we you caught us probably on our our lowest moment that night against Boise, but you know I you know I think we feel like we've come a long ways since then. The our systems are in play. We've, you know, all the guys on the team now are guys that we've recruited. Um, so your your culture, you know, the way the kids think, the way they operate, the way they kind of police police themselves, you know, all those things is has turned turned in our favor and you know now when it comes to bringing kids in our our players are our best recruiters when you have that going um you have a chance to continue to make progress and you know that's what we hope to do in the years to come uh how raw was uh, josh was he uh, i know that the first year out there he was your backup who's your quarterback that year 15 then? Who was uh, we had a, a transfer uh cam kaufman who had been at indiana and oh yeah yeah Cam got hurt, so Josh started the next game, then Josh broke his collarbone. And had Josh, you know, played, he might have beat Cam off at that. You know, he might have uh, he might have won the job. But it just so happened, 13 plays in his, his one game, he broke his collarbone, and he ended up registering that year. So, um, you know, it, uh, it, it was good that he got a chance to sit back because he was raw. He, You know, just understanding the, the, the game at a little higher level, uh, the intricacies and in, in, – things that go along with uh, a little bit more complex um, offenses and defenses for that matter was was part of it and just kind of honing in his his skill set because he was um, I think he was 205 210 pounds when we got there so he's developed physically you know that's a tribute to you know our strength staff and the work that he's put in there but then you know um, as far as throwing the ball and knowing where to throw it he's come um, He's come a ways, and, and it'll be fun to see him continue to grow, uh, you know, as he goes on to the next level. Hey, uh, Brent, uh, so the Wentz comparison is uh, is easy for us to make from a distance because you guys uh, got him out of, when you were in North Dakota State, you got him out of Bismarck, 2011, redshirted. Next two years, you had the great Brock Jensen playing ahead of him, winning national championships. Do you Are there similarities here? You know, I, I think between uh, Josh and Carson, the similarities are um, obviously their background coming from unheralded situations, unrecruited situations, late developing situations. But, you know, they're both multi-sport kids who are extremely competitive. I, I think they, they share that, you know, they share that same, you know, thing that we all desire. We all, you know, as coaches, we want competitors, and they are, are both that to the T. I think their physical skill set is, is very comparable. Now, what's happened with Carson these last couple of years, he's gone, you know, he's gone on to the NFL and proven that his maturity, his intelligence have, you know, allowed him to become almost an immediate success, and, and I, you know, that's in front of Josh. You know, you, you hope that he gets in a situation where, um, you know, he's going to continue to get to, uh, tutelage, the, the, the system will match his skill sets because I do think his, um, you know, his intelligence, his work ethic are all uh, going to put him in position to be successful. Now there's there's a lot more to it than that, and you know, um, so you know, the next couple of years will dictate whether he he can live up to that that high bar that Carson has set. But I certainly think he's in the ballpark, and excited to see what he can do. Brett Vegans with us, the offensive coordinator of Wyoming with Josh Allen. How's, uh, did Allen have to work on his touch on the uh, shorter throws? Yeah, I think that's still something that, um, you know, that he'll need to continue to work on. Um, you know, he's, he can make all the rocket throws, and that's, that's 
that's the easy thing for him, the hard thing for a lot of kids. Um, so he can, he can do that. And, you know, just knowing when to take something off, knowing, you know, um, when to drop the ball kind of in the bucket. It was nice to see him that, in that senior bowl make a couple throws like that. You know, I, I, he had, you know, both his touchdowns were throws that he had to drop in and they were not throws that were by any means, um, you know, balls he had to drive. So, you know, I think he's, he's continuing to learn that. And, you know, I, I think, uh, you know, I really feel like physically sky's the limit and, you know, it's, um, it's a matter of, you know, him getting in a good situation and, um, like it is for all those young quarterbacks, you know, the, the situation sometimes can really dictate the success. And, you know, I'm, I'm hopeful for him that, uh, you know, those two things can line up. He showed a lot of people something, I think, by uh, playing in the Potato Bowl with you guys. When uh, you know a lot of uh, a lot of people in that situation, uh, not as many this year, but last year you had uh, some uh, fellas uh, deciding to sit out the bowl games. Yeah, draft, you know, draft uh, choices. It, yeah. yeah, there's no question that him coming back. Uh, you know, I think it said a lot to to his teammates, uh, the state of Wyoming. Be- I think it reaffirmed the thought that we all had that, that he really loved the place. You know, he was about Wyoming. He was about Cowboy football. He was about his team. But then I, I hope it showed, you know, the, you know, people nationally that this is, this kid's maybe cut this a little bit differently. You know what? He's, uh, he's about team. Um, you know, that's kind of refreshing in this day and age. You know, obviously he could have went out there and, and got nicked up and that could have, hurt his stock or whatever, but he wanted to go out and play. He wanted to go out and get one more win and, and play with his teammates in particular one more time, and um, I, I'm sure glad that he did that. Hey, Brent, uh, you guys left uh, in uh, before the after the 2013 season. Uh, Wentz was the regular at North Dakota State in 14, got hurt and came back in 15. Uh, but uh, his development, uh, when did you see it? When did you see, boy, this kid's going to be good? Well, I think – you know what? Um, from the get-go, when he got to us, I think we felt like we had something special. Now, I, I can't sit here and say I thought he was going to be the MVP of the NFL potentially in his second year. <laughs> you know, but just um, combination of uh, physical skill set with um, intelligence with a, a consumption. He, he's a he's a detail guy. He's consumed by that. He gets the game. I think if he wasn't. Um, you know, a successful player like he's become, he would be, he'd have been a successful coach, you know, and, and um, not getting a chance to see that on the field for a couple of years um, was challenging because, you know, I think that would have been an awesome thing to see him continue to take that development and put it on the field. But obviously for us, you know, to go out to Wyoming, that was a great opportunity at the same time, um, you know, I know the question we got asked a lot when Carson was coming out, we'd have scouts stop in Wyoming, and two questions were, you know, where did you find him, how did you get him, sort of, but then why didn't he play? Well, I think, you know, it's a good reason he didn't play because the guy in front of him didn't didn't open the door. And, you know, Brock <laughs> didn't lose. Left it. Yeah, didn't lose, didn't open the door, and, and shoot was uh, an All-American and Conference Player of the Year. So, you know, um and I think I think all that helped Carson. Though I think that helped, uh, you know, patience sometimes learning from learning from others, learn how you do things when it's your opportunity. I think you know that's the type of kid Carson was. And as, as he sat there and waited his turn, you know, um, I think that all was, was part of his journey. 
Hey, way back in the day when there was a lot fewer uh, uh, Division One uh, football schools, Wyoming used to get a lot of Minnesota kids because they liked uh, when there was more of a hunting ethic, and uh, they used to want to go out there and shoot antelope and uh, hang around. I know a lot of Minnesota kids played out there. Did you get any Minnesota kids in this recruiting class? Um, we we don't have any Minnesota. We signed a young man from Hudson, so that's you okay. know, right across Same the thing. river yeah. isn't, isn't too far off. Um, and we have a we have a few on our roster from from both states, both Minnesota and Wisconsin. So we you know continue to to look around this area and you know looking for that that kid that uh, that wants maybe a little bit different opportunity than the 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 Missouri Valley, I guess in particular, maybe presents itself. But um, you know it's. Uh, it's a good place. We've certainly enjoyed it, and you know, I I know, like you said, over the years, there's been a lot of Minnesotans that have uh, had really nice careers out there. Hey, I, I uh, looked at your schedule a couple of weeks ago, and I I don't I don't remember the specifics now, but uh, you got a couple of big boys uh, right off the bat this year, next this year, next year, right? Yeah, yeah. We um, our second and third games we we play, and I'm not even sure of the order, I guess, but we play. Washington State at home, and we go to Missouri, and mm-hmm. it might be—I'm not sure the order between those two. So, so an SEC and a Pac-12 uh, school, um, you know, and great opportunities. I know they—they they were both, you know, um, bowl teams this year. In fact, I think they even played back-to-back nights as we we're sitting over the holidays. So, you know, real good challenges. Um, we played Wazoo our second year and came up short out in Pullman. So, get them uh, back in Laramie now. It'll be a you know, a real opportunity for us, and, and obviously, you know, we have a home-and-home home with Mizzou, too, so to go down there this first time, you know, um, and play an SEC school um, is, an, is a tremendous opportunity to see where we're at. You'll have to look at tape of those Tracy Clay's defenses at the University of Minnesota for that Washington You're State right. game. He's out there now. So. Yeah, you know, that's when he, when he got that job, obviously that, that opened my eyes. Uh, <laughs> Coach Clay's did a heck of a job defensively in his time at Minnesota. And, um, you know, I, that'd be a little bit of departure, I think, from what they've done. So, you know, as a, you're always playing that guessing game a little bit with those early games. So um, I'm anxious to see what, what unfolds there. One last thing. Uh, it looks like Josh, uh, top four or five for sure. Uh, somebody said he won't get – Elway has been watching him a lot, I guess. Huh? Uh, yeah, I mean, I, yeah, there's a question about the Broncos. I – you know, the Broncos being right down the road, I think that's where most every Wyoming Cowboy fan would want to see him land. And, and, the, and the Broncos were up, uh, both uh, John Elway and then the GM were up at the uh, up in Boise for a bowl game. So, yeah, it'll be it'll be interesting to see how these next um, couple months unfold. And, and you know, um, I think it's just begun with the Senior Bowl and, and will be you know continue to heat up as the Combine and Pro Day, you know, all that stuff approaches in the next couple months. Hey, Brent, thanks for your time, sir. Oh, I appreciate it. Okay, Brent, v- Brent Vegan, uh, offensive coordinator of Wyoming. We have breaking news. Uh, a, uh, Blake Griffin tr- has been traded to Detroit. Yes, this is uh, from Adrian Wojnarowski uh, about 20 minutes ago. The Clippers and Pistons have agreed on a deal to trade Blake Griffin for uh, Blake Griffin to Detroit for Tobias Harris, Avery Bradley, Boban Barjanovic, and first and second round draft picks. Wow, Woofta. Wow, Griffin must have several years remaining. Yeah, he, he just signed an extension. Yeah, he, he did just sign a new contract, contract yeah. last summer. So. All right, and B, 
Do we have a time of arrival? Uh, uh, a breaking news from the rookie on the okay. mayor's arrival. Okay. I said, how did it turn out? He said, we went south to 394 instead of 62 at the last minute directed by the mayor. Then Creighton Avenue, no Snelling, also as directed by the mayor. <laughs> Place of residence two minutes early, according. So unfortunately, they did not hit that traffic jam oh, that you were rooting shucks. for. So they got uh, they got it back. Yep. All right. Hey, uh, the Sprint store out here in Crystal open till eight o'clock. You can come up and register for that fantastic trip to Bristol. Uh, for uh, spend a day at ESPN in Bristol. Uh, register at any Sprint outlet in the Twin Cities.